Good old boys. A Mark. Bog Beef. Fredo. Still got it? Never lost it. Let's get that money. Whew. There's been a lot going on at uh, GOB headquarters lately. So if you try to contact us lately or email or something like that, we're jammed up right now. You'll you'll know more in a week or two. Maybe two. Agree? Yeah, abso- yeah absolutely. And uh yeah, there's <laughs> I wouldn't say it's been it's been slow in like the news department, but it's it's just everything's been really really silly. Yeah, like we had we, we had a week long freak out about a balloon. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I don't know about this. You know, I don't know about this country sometimes, fellas. Yeah, big GOB news though. We sold out. We're gonna be doing morning radio in uh, <laughs> Los Angeles. Drive at five. Gonna do the, you gotta get the morning zoo uh like sound effects. You know yeah. what I mean? Boy, yeah. yeah, exactly. Whenever Bog Beef talks about like uh, a uh a Jewish girl, you gotta do the boing, 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 boing. like <laughs> Yeah. Eight twenty nine twenty nine past the top of the hour. Wait. Eight twenty nine thirty one to the top of the hour. Yeah, that's uh traffic uh, and weather coming up. Uh yeah. Corolla doesn't do that bit anymore, does he? No. That was that was a great, great bit. Chula Vista checking in 66. Uh this is one of the I mean, th- how many times has this happened where we we uh I don't know I was uh people have, I saw someone tweeting the other day, they were upset that we're we always run up against a distributor's uh show. We talked about that last week too, though. Mm-hmm. But tonight we're going up against the president. The president of the United States, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly the United States president. I mean, we've always talked about beforehand, but we always do. I mean, the problem with going up or the problem with uh, doing anything different, except for when someone's traveling, is Tuesday night is the best night to, 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 to do this. I mean, you can't do it Monday because, you know, we all get wrecked on Monday. Everybody's dragging ass on Monday, yeah. Yeah, you got to come in and, you know, have a few beers or something like that and uh, just pass out. Monday is always rough. Uh, Tuesday, not so bad. I wouldn't mind starting to do something uh, like a Thursday, Friday as well. But, man, Tuesday, I get hyped for, for this show. Come in here, knock it out, and, like, next thing you know, it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, we, we scientifically determined that Tuesday is the best day of the week for this. We can't change it. It's set yeah. in stone now. Yeah, everything's recorded. You can watch it later or distribute later or the president later, but I doubt anyone's going to do that. Yeah, we, I, Fred and I were talking about that earlier. It's like when we, when Trump was president, going up against the president of the United States during that State of the Union was kind of riskier. He might say something entertaining, right? You ne- you never you never knew with him. Sometimes he would he would lay down some some fire stuff. He had good speechwriters. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think Biden's really done that except for that one weird speech where he was like he was bathed in red light and he was like a com- uh, like a command and conquer cutscene where he was just cutting a promo on on yeah. middle America. The lips really feeling it. I mean, you know, talking about how much dumber everything is in the world today. Like, um, like can you imagine? You know, FDR used to just go on and just cut cut a promo for like forty minutes solid. Like he would do what. Actually, he's doing kind of what we're doing. That was his thing. The fireside chats. He would just go on the radio and just you know, talk talk directly to the American. Like this is a. By the way, this is this is kind of going to what we were talking about when we talked to uh, Jose Nino. Like somebody who wants to talk directly to the people. That's a sign. That's a person who's 
who understands what's going on. Like, right, like this is a, it was really novel in the 1930s. Like you couldn't, you, there was no time in history before where you could just do that, where you could just speak into a box and regular people would directly hear you. And obviously that was what the function that social media served for, you know, the, our, it's, our president it's, in exile. It's one of those things that you can tell, like, um, who's kicking ass by certain pictures. So like, um, I heard, I heard something that, um, basically every general, whether they're German, French, American, English, like, uh, army general, uh, every one of them, they kicks ass like in world war two. Uh, if you look at a picture of them, uh, they've got binoculars on. Yeah. They want to know what's up. Well, what, and what they're doing is that they're up ahead at the front of the column and, uh, Whereas you didn't have to do that. You could just like have like a little base camp and just have like minions just bring you pieces of paper and like tell them what to do. Well, or, I mean, yeah, but also like that's kind of, that was kind of a PR thing too. It's like you want, you want to be, you want to picture somebody with you with the binoculars or if you're MacArthur, you got the corncob pipe, right? You like, you want that in the photograph. Yeah. For that reason. But I mean, you know, nobody, nobody deigned to fake it. Well, I, and I would say the, the distinction could be the difference between the way generals were perceived in World War One, which is the popular view is that they were really stupid and bad at their jobs, and you know they're back in the back in the lines at the chateau sipping wine while the you know the boys are up front getting mowed down by machine guns. They don't know what's going on. Whereas the if you're if you want to be a good if you're a good if you're a general in World War Two, you want that photograph of you. You're in the jeep. You know, with one leg up, and you're looking through the binoculars. You're watching the Panzers move. Like you're right there. You you're dynamic. You know exactly what's what's up. Yeah, you could and you could die, uh, operating like that. Obviously, you're at the you're at the front of the column, and like, you know, uh, the thing is, there's no like, in ter- like perception perception. This is a lot of people miss this about, um, you know, in a lot of like jobs or in life there is like people who care about other people's perceptions and there's the real deal dogs that are the real grinders. I know there was this idea in, and I'm sure it could be true. I mean, it's, it's true. There's people in poker. There are people that, um, you've never heard of the, um, that was the first time I expertly, uh, muted one of my, uh, awful belches, but, um, (laughs) sorry, I'm chugging on some, uh, strawberry milk while I'm going here. I, this is the uh my mojo juice but um so there like there are things where there's like people who care about like if you ever work in an office job or something like that there are like ass kissers and brown nosers that essentially do no work but whenever a manager's walking by you know they're they they, they, they put on a front and there's the real grinders that uh are actually doing work in some jobs especially management positions where uh other like your your jo- your real job is to get other people to do stuff there's not like perception is a big part of the job you know what i'm saying absolutely i mean like you know that thing like let's say uh, uh, the you know you don't like we were talking about this and the, the man I, I i hope everyone listened to the episode it's free on everything we just did with carrie uh amateur historian about the mm-hmm about the uh boston brahmin boston brahmin and she brought this up that the boston brahmin 
And th- I don't think anyone discounts this. This is, I mean, this is also in that Jamie Johnson documentary. Like they understood that a, if you're going to be uh, this thing that people on the right wing talk about a lot, which we hardly ever talk about, but if you want to be an aristocrat, which if you want to be a leader, then uh, you, you, you have to look a certain way. There's, there's no like weird grind. Like you got, you have to project an image that people will look up to and say, well, that guy knows what the fuck he's doing. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to listen to him. And so like, you know, maybe he had, maybe he had to, you know, walk out to the truck and go get those binoculars for the photos. But th- <laughs> there's no difference between that and reality. One of the funnier, well, not funnier, like one of the things about World War II that w- when you think of the American, like general staff, uh, ad- admirals, stuff like that, our generals and our, our admirals were super aggressive. You think about our general staff today, like who's the who's the poster well the the poster blob for the U.S. military right now? It's Mark Miley, right? Yeah. Can you imagine Mark Miley with the binoculars <laughs> out in no. front of like the Bradley fighting vehicle? Well, I mean, here's a better question: Can you imagine, uh, fucking, uh, sorry, uh, my <laughs> language? Can you imagine, uh, Joe Biden or I mean, let's be real honest, Donald Trump? leading men in battle because let me tell you maybe that's going back a little bit further but used to be a requirement you had to do it it was the same job um uh well very famously andrew jackson during the first secession crisis where south carolina threatened to secede over tariffs he said if you do this i'm going to personally lead the army down there and and destroy you. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, and if you go back from him 20 years, George Washington literally did that, I think, during the, it might have been the Whiskey Rebellion. It was one of those little minor rebellions. He literally did that. He, he, as president of the United States, he went with the military. It's so like, yeah, that was that was a thing in the past. I mean, the reason that, you, that it seems crazy today is not just because now every leader is like, you know, a bureaucrat or whatever, but because we just don't. We don't have wars in the United States anymore. That hasn't, that hasn't been a thing since mm. the Civil War, or if you, I guess, the raids from from Mexico into te- Texas, New Mexico area, in like the turn of the 20th century. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so this is like, I hope people caught it, like during during the the Brahmin episode. But like, you know, there's a there's a different episode we could have done there, where like basically, uh, we like browbeat her for two hours on 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 carrie's opinions and instead like you got to hear what she thought like we didn't agree with 100 percent of that right i don't know why you're being so mean or i guess i agree with everything she said she's brilliant no but i mean like we don't but but that was (laughs) but like the thing is like of course there's other people listening to this than than us and like that's that's a good thing that's a good thing it would be dumb to hear like uh, oh, them guys are sons of bitches. You know, like it's it's better that way. But I mean, one of the things, and I brought it up, but I mean, like I, I wasn't going to go any further because it's not really worth it. This it is all kind of like this is all like loose stuff. This isn't like uh, you know you added up math wrong or something like that. But like <laughs> in my opinion, Jacksonian democracy is is like a fake thing. Like the the what we really like is like a military aristocracy. That's, that's the, uh, the point of, of quote unquote Jacksonian democracy. Correct. Well, 
this this is a I mean this is a hard question because the thing that we've complained about before right on this podcast starting back at the very original like the first three or four episodes we made like there's a problem where where you have people who ex I, I, there's no nice way to put this like okay I'll put it <laughs> okay thank Matt like. Every single American politician today in 2023 is basically a woman compared to Andrew Jackson, to someone like Andrew Jackson. Here's a good example, and I I, I hate to use it again, but like we're talking about the ballot harvesting crap. And like I always say, like this kind of goes against the whole idea of democracy. You've heard me say this before, and I don't need to lay that again. It's just like it, it doesn't really make sense. However, there are a lot of very smart people on here who will say, well, that is the logical end result of popular sovereignty aka jacksonian democracy it was yeah. a pandora's every box time that, by the way every time that word popular sovereignty got thrown around on that podcast i winced because like yeah like that, that's that's never been my thought of, of it what do, what, what do you mean right, by continue. that uh, oh i mean if you want to go into that like there's yeah. you don't you don't run a boat with popular sovereignty you don't run a, a mcdonald's with popular sovereignty that's that's a bad way to put it i like I, like maybe I, I'm getting I'm getting words twisted around here, but like, um, it's that's I don't, I just don't like the term. Well, you're 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 on something here because like you could if if you want to get real cynical about it, say, you know, popular sovereignty was part of the Jacksonian democracy idea that you know, hey, the the state legislature shouldn't be deciding this stuff. We should put it to the people because the if it was put to the people, they're going to pick me. Because I'm a good leader, and they know this. They don't, you know, they don't really like John Quincy Adams. They like me. They know. They know I'm going to get the job done. But like this is, that is you, your your excuse is popular sovereignty. Like you need to do this. It, it should be up to the people. It shouldn't be up to these, you know, corrupt bargainers in in, in the in the House of Representatives and yeah, you know I mean, the state legislature. But but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's not that you. It's not that you really love the. The like the popular sovereignty voting process. What you love is that it lets you get an Andrew Jackson, and it creates a person like this, a Caesar, that that kind of person. Yeah, but I mean, so I do. So everyone sh- like, and this 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 word always gets this stuff gets thrown around as well too. But like, uh, you everyone should have some means of redress, and oftentimes like. Uh, you would be, I mean, in my opinion, you're better off not with a vote. Like you, like instead, like if I had like a local elite that I could go to, uh, and instead of a vote, like I would prefer that. And like in, in, in our modern definitions, I would be losing my right of redress (laughs) if I can't vote. Like a vote doesn't feel like it, it does anything. By the way, let me ask you a question. Uh, and this, this really more for the listeners benefit, maybe some new listeners. Cause I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but to someone who, you know, is out there and is, isn't on board with this and they say, well, what you're arguing for here, I mean, don't we already have that, right? Like we already have, we kind of have like a suppression of, you know, quote unquote, popular sovereignty through manipulation of the current system. And we have sort of an entrenched, uh, you know, what we call the deep state, which is sort of like a self-sustaining 
elite, right? One that we might not like, right? Like Andrew Jackson might sound better to you and me than Mark Milley does, but someone could argue that like, hey, what's what's the difference there? So what's what, kind of what's your answer to that? Oh well, that um, that these these are, these are sort of uh, fake. Uh, God, what's that? That dude who uh, these are fake simulations of of the 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 concept. Like a boat isn't. I mean, there's 300 million people here. Like it's not really the same thing. Same thing as Mark Milley is a simulation of a uh, of, of a military officer, etc. Yeah. Well, my, my my very simple answer to this, it when I guess not super simple, but let's stay, stick with Jackson, like. What 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 was the choice between Jackson and John Quincy Adams? Like John Quincy Adams was technically a Democratic Republican, but like what he really was was a Federalist and a Whig, right? He was he was a lib. The thing is, it's not about it's not even about the process. When the, if the country was if the country's running good with the state, you know, the state legislatures deciding everything and oligarchs are in power and things are going great. Nobody like you're still expanding out to the west. Things are you're happy. You're 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 doing well. Nobody cares. They care when things get bad, and things just have to progress this way because of the cycle of history. So it it the arguments about whether popular sovereignty is good or bad are pointless because what Jackson what Jackson stood for wasn't actually a Jacksonian democracy. It was I'm going to clean. I'm going to clean. I'm going to clean these people out. I'm going to open up the West for you, for you, the person listening to this right now. I'm going to make opportunities for you. I'm not going to let the Supreme Court stop us from from giving from giving you a land, a land, indigenous land or whatever. I'm not going to I'm not going to do that anymore. We're not we're not playing this game, and that's what they like. And if it would have been the roles would have been reversed, and he would have been the anti-populist, but he still had those ideas, which I know doesn't make sense, but you get what I'm saying. The process doesn't matter. Like you, you're, you're, you're locked in, you're locked into the cycle of history. Here's an example. Look at what you see from people online about like elite theory and all this crap. If you are mired in a political system that is in theoretically obsessed with popular sovereignty, like ours, like we're going to count. Every, we want to make sure that like every single person has a piece of paper with their name on it. This is, I support, you know, Kamala Harris or whatever. If that's what you're going against, then making cynical arguments about how you really need uh, an Ubermensch makes sense. Because, like, what you're saying is we need somebody to step in and change course. And what's the best way to do that? I'm going to do the opposite of however things are going now. Well, yeah. Does that make sense? Way, I don't want to get – that's not elite theory, though. I mean, big man is not elite theory. Elite theory is yeah, the I know. Boston Brahmin. Right, but, but, I mean, but by the way, this, the, the, the structure does matter to a certain extent. So, I mean, sure. uh, look at right now. So at the worst of wig bullshit at the worst of, <laughs> and like, I, you know, I, I, it, I do, we do have to call these people liberals, but however, like liberal also includes like, you know, some extremely base people. From, yes. Jackson. I mean, like this is, this is a, something that yeah. people talk about. Like we're Amer- like our country is a young country and from the very beginning it was it's a liberal country like literally liberal ideals like if you're th- if you look at the people who are like the the two opposing factions at the start of our country at, in the in the re- early republic era it's like do we want hamilton uh, hamilton liberalism or do we want jefferson liberalism or do we want jackson liberalism or like this Lincoln- is where like adam smith would be a psycho fascist to- today yeah but we yeah. but we we'll use the same word but anyway so uh Either either way, like 
at the height of all that bullshit, there's still like there's someone's neck you can ring. Like there's no this <laughs> and this this goes to all like a lot of like postmodern thinkers and stuff have written about this. The sort of modern politics is there's no there's no ma- there's no final boss. Like uh like you know they like the liberal machine. Now it's these interpersonal networks, these faceless machines that that are like uh who like who like who is uncancelable from the left. Like you know they could like literally kick out cancel anyone, anyone like George Soros like. Hillary Clinton, like no one is really above this like evil faceless machine that, that, that chugs along to the future. You can, you can like sell out to this machine with like no, no actual person. Like if I, if I was to like, um, go online and say like, uh, you know, uh, my dad is a cop and he's a fascist and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I have a weird lifestyle and I need money on, uh, what is that service they use to give each other money? Venmo. Ash. Venmo. Like, there's no act. Like, <laughs> I would be selling out people for this machine. This machine is above anybody, and this is like a, this is a real fucking problem. And this is why, like, I would take any level of corruption where it's like actually linked to a person. This is why, like, someone, I know, I, like, someone like uh, uh, Clyburn has a lot of power. I mean, to but to me though, this is like. I would kill to go back to where this was like the most crooked thing that you could find in this country because it's still just a, a person. I'm going to give a different answer to this question to, well, to my own question. Um, I think there's like a lot of ways to arrive at a system where like, you know, there's like a, there's an underlying virtue to the way people are governed. Right. If you want to get to that level of system, there's a lot of different ways to do it early on in the country. It was done through some sort of a popular sovereignty-like mechanism, right? Like Merrick said, the country from the beginning was a liberal country. But it was the only reason that like a popular sovereignty-type system arrived at that uh, that result is – Merrick, you posted this some time back. It was because there was this explicit understanding that guys like the guy that were jerking off in the McDonald's in front of the girl behind the <laughs> counter were not participating yeah. in that process, right? So it's a combination of that. I mean, that's a good point, just along with the fact that you had a more, you had a small, it was a smaller group of people. There weren't 350 million people. So there was more of a unification of purpose for lack of a better term, right? That's kind of a lame way to put it, but I don't, at the current time, I don't really have a better way to phrase it. That changes, right? I mean, when you lose that and those sort of prerequisites to arrive at like a governing system guided by virtue under like a popular sovereignty type deal, when the, when those conditions go away, then if you want to continue down that path, like a, like a virtuous path, then the system has to change too to arrive at those conclusions, right? And that's what I think hasn't happened. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, honest, honestly, one of the principal reasons is, is as we've sort of, you know, financialized everything in our country and become, you know, like an economic system. We talk about this a lot where nobody does anything, right? There's just like paper and movie and money being moved around, but all the actual stuff is done in other countries for the most part that, you know, you're creating a system that rewards like basically hucksters and swindlers, right? So in that system, 
if it's a system where those people have control or power, no matter what the underlying mechanism is, like you're not going to get a system guided by virtue. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. And you, I mean, you nailed it with that. The, the, if you're if you're looking at it from like the let's look at it from the perspective of the uh, people who did not like Andrew Jackson like so if you're if you're from their perspective what's their argument against Jackson well he he's he's a he's a big dumb patronage guy he's got all these hillbillies coming into the White House spitting on the floor making a mess he's trying he he wants to to give crackers the vote he wants every cracker to be able to vote not just the ones who own land pay taxes. Whatever, like that. That's that is that is his one of his big sins, like in the nineteenth early nineteenth century, like politics. And this came up when we talked to Kerry, and I kind of, and I posed the question, and I mean there was no real answer to it because I don't I don't think there is. I, don't, I think you have to be cynical to answer the question. And the question was like, how is it that the people who fought so viciously against Jackson and his system of democracy that was too po- you know too populist and too open and then 20 years later these same people are saying like we need to we need to uh, give votes to people who were chattel slave 5 minutes ago like that doesn't really make sense right you wouldn't do that if you, if you think that like the the average white uh, a cracker farmer is is not is not capable of wielding the political power of the ballot. You definitely wouldn't say that about somebody who couldn't read and you know had been not even really living like a hadn't been living as a free person until 15 minutes ago. But like the answer is it's all cynical bullshit. They didn't really care. Like if if it, well, it's not even if you have the you have the evidence right here in the 1860s. The second that the political sh- oh, take take winds shifted and we need to go from People who were defenders of, you know, the educated oligarchy to well, actually, one everybody in the world needs to vote, and it, pretty quickly it progressed not just from like universal male suffrage, but be, like universal female suffrage. Today we're arguing about whether or not sixteen-year-olds should be able to vote. Like that, that comes and, up. And illegal aliens. I mean, there people are, who are, right. there are cities where illegal aliens can vote now. They don't. I don't think any of this is like some kind of real deep moral philosophy. Like they, they would be happy to not let people like us vote. Like they, you, if you're old enough to remember like the 2004 election, I, I if if you don't, I don't, I don't know how you would even get the zeitgeist of it. But I'll just for like our Zoomers out here and some of our younger millennials, there in 2004, George George W. Bush one re-election by a decent margin, right? And there were some conspiracy theories that, like, voting machines flipped the election, which I have no comment about because we're, we're you know, we, we get our money through Patreon, but that's pretty funny considering the way things are now. But the, the main thing was just that uh, Americans are fucking stupid rubes. Like, they're too... We need... To, it was like, we there should be an IQ test to be able to vote because all these stupid-ass... Rednecks are voting for the warmonger Republicans. Like, there's not some that's the, uh, the Bob Chipman pill, right? It's, it's not like there's this <laughs> deep there's this deep commitment to real popular sovereignty. It's, no, it's whatever is going to put me is, is going to put me in power. Like, what we need, that's how the voting system should be organized. You so, need, you so need the right wing Bob we Chipman. 
Yeah, so the the issue here, there's there's an old argument that I have with somebody. You, you ever, I mean, I'm sure you have. You're one of these people that are real into natural law. No, you know? I mean, not really, but I've seen them online, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, okay, you, you get the idea, right? And <clears throat> the point I always make to those people, like, is, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but the only way that works is, like, you could structure a whole society around that, but here's the deal. That only works... If a you believe that all those rights are given by God, right, which is sort of part of the natural law thing, but b that also means like everybody, a solid majority, if not everybody, in that society has to have the same conception of God, right? Because then they're all going to play by those rules. You follow what I mean? Yeah, that, that's very similarly tied to this, where like. If everybody had everybody that's like participating in the system has a similar conception of virtue, then it all goes fine. When that breaks down, or you know, or you have a system where like the people that don't believe in the traditional system have all the money and the you know cultural influence, that's where shit goes awry. And like that's that's where we are now. And then that's where that's what necessitates a change to the type of stuff that you know Bog Beef was talking about. Because that's the only way out. Like you can't go back through the popular sovereignty system. Like what I'm not actually, it's funny that I'm going to use this uh, analogy, but like you've crossed the Rubicon at that point. Like <laughs> there, you know what I mean? Like there's no going back to that. Like you, unless you go back to it after a prolonged period of, you know, quote unquote authoritarian rule. Yes. And the Lindsay, who's that, that POS that writes all that stupid stuff. James Lindsay? James Lindsay. James Lindsay. Yeah, we're just gonna roll back that clock like ten, fifteen years. <laughs> Everything will be great. You know, well, and before and before we move on past this, like it's important. Like you know, patronage. Jacksonian democracy is one of the like few first things that comes up to mind is patronage. Right? He's accused of creating patronage networks, which is not true. Like the you you. If you have human politics, you have patronage one way or the other. It's like uh, someone in chat mentioned that the planners also didn't like Jackson. Hell no, because things like things were great for the planners when there were, uh, you know, ta like either either tax requirements or land requirements to vote because that means that you're going to be in charge. It was it wasn't like the the you know the like Virginia planner families loved Andrew Jackson. Hell no, of course why would they? But it's also not like they're doing patronage. It's the which is the funniest thing in the world. Like if you're a a, a, a planter in Virginia in 1820, you're probably the closest to a Roman, like optimate that we've ever we've ever experienced in American history. Like you were live you were living that lifestyle. And it's like so how could you say they're not doing patronage? Oh, the you know the the proto Whigs aren't doing patronage in, in, in the north. Of of course they're doing patronage. When when when. Their conception and like their accusation against Jackson is that you're going directly to the to the to the plebs and and trying to go through them instead of working through like your patronage is not you're not you're not doing it right you're not doing it, you're being unfair you're appealing directly to the unwashed masses. And okay, well we need a word for that because what this is and this is like a like chapter five or chapter it's six. Politics. Well, chapter five or chapter six or somewhere in the middle of the dictator's handbook lays out like. Okay, so would you, if you want to enter politics and become a leader, you're going to be walking into existing patronage networks, and you need to beat them. You need to come up with, we need, you need a patronage network, and you need to beat the existing government. You need to take rule, and that is 
it's all the same skills that you're going to be used to stay in office, but uh, you know, there's, there's levels to how well you can do patronage and Jackson was a master. Well, can I, I'll just, I'll, I'll put it on the line here. here all here's, politics is patronage, but there is need another word for this, this kind of thing. No, no, we don't. And, and, and here's why. And this is unpleasant. People don't like to think about it or talk about it. The, the, the only question is like when you're, when you're routing around the existing political structures, the elites, whatever, and you're going directly to the masses, the only question is, are, are those, like, are those mass, like, are those people, A, capable of doing what needs to be done? And in and, and in and in the example of the of the America in the 1820s, like obviously yes, the answer is yes because not only, because it's not like Jackson passed a federal law that it's not, it's like that's not what happened. We were already trending in that direction because you had all these pe- you had all these people who wanted to, who wanted to move west. We were one of the most literate societies in the world, as we've discussed before. These are people who can ha- can wield political power, and if you let them loose. They'll spread over the rest of the continent and within a hundred years and be on top of the world. If that's not true, if the people that you're empowering are are not that, if they're jacking off in the at Starbucks in front of the barista, then it's going to be bad. And 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 all and all politics is at the base of it is you're trying to sort out who should and who shouldn't be steering the ship. This I is a fun, this is a fundamental problem that. Like Fredo pointed out earlier, you have to have some kind of shared conception of like of morality. When you don't have that, when that is tied into like public opinion and and it's all malleable, we're all just atoms bouncing off each other. What 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 is good and immoral in America is whatever fifty one percent of people believe in. Now I know that's not actually true because obviously they that's not how they operate, but that's. How people are inculcated. It, if you ask the if you ask the average normie, how do, how does it like how does morality work in America? Well, we all you know we all sit around, we hash it out, and we decide. Fifty one percent of the people think that you know uh, I don't know you should be able to marry a goat, and once that happens, that just becomes that's what we agreed on. So that's what is now moral and 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 proper. You can't you can, you can't run anything like that. That's crazy. Like because you've you've now you've now created the system where political power and like morality are the same thing. There's there is no foundation to that at all. It's just this like roiling mass of insanity, which is which is where we're at. And like this is not a, this is not a new thing. This right. happens at the end of I don't want to say end. This happens. At the apex of every empire, this happens this, this over and why, over again. This is why I know what you're saying about uh, form from a certain angle doesn't matter, but this is why we know, like, we know what form comes next. Like, we, if you want to, like, what what form comes next? It's going to be big man. Well, I, I mean, I, I if you I don't want, know. if you, yeah, yeah, that's that's what comes next. And so, uh, if you want to get there. You should be part. You should be uh, part, or I mean, that's what you should expect. You should bet your money on big man. And I don't know if that's going to happen tomorrow or yesterday, but that's what comes next. We've seen this before. By the way, I mean, we've seen like um, uh, look at look at Stalin basically takes away this gigantic state in the hands of big man, 
with his own networks. Oh, by the way, I mean, I, I have this stuff about Lincoln. Lincoln, more than any other winner of the presidency, foresaw that he would not be popular among a vast segment of voters in the presidential election. He understood that his best chance, maybe even his only chance, election of 1860 lay in dividing and conquering. Had Douglas answered Lincoln's question with a pro-slavery response? Anyways, he gets on to it. Basically, uh, Lincoln had to, like, the other thing, is, it's not just friends and enemies. It's also interchangeables and, uh, and uh, who's the important people? Well, the sorry, the interchangeables and like the necessary part of the yeah the, the selectorate yeah yeah and th there's also the central like, coalition right the central coalition and that yeah. like uh, Lincoln got the presidency by changing the way that he he introduced the uh, absent by the way Lincoln got elected by introducing absentee balloting. Do you, you mean you mean in 1864 he yeah. got reelected that way? Yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah I mean we, we've we've all been here before, man. Well, I mean, it, it's 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 kind of worse than that. Yeah, you had the absentee vote for the for the soldiers, and, and he would have the, never won in New York without that. And, and also, like places that were literally under the occupation of his army, like <laughs> voted for him, right? Like, what's what's surprise? The occupied states love, yeah, but yeah. But what yeah. you're talking about there is there's more than friends, there's more than enemies, there's also, and you can manipulate this by political skill people that don't matter that's important that's important and like there's going to be a lot of like none of this is automatic this is all going to be um it's going to go down to who who has political skill um yeah, yeah. i, I want to uh, so someone that's a great question uh, here, here western hero 86 this is an amazing discussion guys i've had a question for a while i wanted to ask you all and maybe this is the right time do the chuds need to also take a hard look in the mirror as well in 2023 to merrick's point about the caliber of person required to be the legions in this manifest destiny mythos when i go to places like west virginia ohio pennsylvania florida there's a lot of regression going on even among the backbone of america no yes you're ab you're absolutely correct uh, what up? Uh, everything everything is relative. Everything yes. is relative. So, uh, what I was kind of stumbling through earlier, uh, somebody somebody who's been on our show several times uh, has had a take about this in uh, unqualified reservations, and he he is like some kind of technical terms about how what happens when the people who decide the truth. Are, have political power, right? That you you get these things mixed up, and that we need you need to separate these people from power so they can go back to being, you know, academics and robes and and blah blah blah. You know this. the The problem with Yarvin's take on this is that being a and I can uh, uh, we know what I say like being a, a super atheist is that he can't say well what you need to do is go back to the moral structure like a, a set moral structure that's mostly not going to change which is religion this is just how you have to if you can't go back to that then you have a problem with how this relates to what you're saying once you transition to telling everybody that there is no such thing what 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 they did in our time was there's not really such thing as objective morality everything is relative obviously they didn't really believe that now because like yeah we we were we passed that that part. Which, by the way, I mean, a good way to look at this is that uh, something I've heard and something I don't really disagree with is that basically from the t from today, twenty twenty three, 
And then you go back into some time like in the 70s or 60s or 50s. Let's go 50s because 50s is the iconic anti-2023. Essentially, <laughs> the same percentage of people were very religious. In other words, like they just like they would have went to church no matter what they go, uh, etc. However, like the other people were essentially governed by the, this religion as like this, uh, pseudo legal machine. Like, well, you have to go like, well, first off, you have to go to church if you don't want to be a weirdo, like, you know, those Unitarians, like Unitarians were just atheists. But the problem was you, you weren't, you couldn't just be like, well, I'm just an atheist. I just, you know, I, I sleep in on Sunday. You had to just make up like an atheist church because you had to go to church. And, and you had, and it's like, well, you have to get married in the church. The, uh, the pastor's got to be part of your world, et cetera. Uh, you know, like the guys that if you made the Godfather in 2023, I don't, I'm guessing, I don't think that the same guys would go to church uh, like they did in, in the movie. But, <laughs> but these people were just essentially governed by this as this, as, as this, as this like accessory to government power. And this is where you can see in this this version we can see that like none of us are progressive. <laughs> I'm not progressive. I don't and I've never been I know people that have been to these events, protests or even these kinds of things, but I I I say certain words, I don't say other words because we're all governed by this other way that religion works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, not, I mean a lot of people in the 50s people plenty of people were rebellious. They had all kinds of rebellious shit that not everybody loved the 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 religious atmosphere. Look at look at my the the picture that represents me. This guy met, had a TV had a, had multiple TV shows. He 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 wrote a lot of stuff, and it was like it was edgy for the time. Like the people for, people kind of forget Rod Serling's stuff in the Twilight Zone and his his books and stuff. They were kind of edgy. And he would complain about how he'd get thought patrolled by these people who would write in angry letters to the network saying, you need to stop showing this damn filth on TV because we're good Christian people and it's getting, you know, we, we can't have this. And he would, you know, he would complain, well, this is a, you know, this is a tiny minority of people. And that was true, but that didn't. The exact same minority of, of like, uh, SJW people write in today. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like you're, it's whatever. It's it's whatever the the you know the dominant force is in your society. How does this relate all the way back to the question? Like what the you know caliber? I hate, I don't like saying caliber of person because like I don't. It feels weird to say like you need a better a better class of person. Like I mean, Fredo could Fredo could pontificate on that if he wanted to because like. Uh, well, by the way, uh, I think any of us could could. Uh, could kick Yarvin's ass. And I don't mean anything by that other than to comment on the, on the age, like someone that had Yarvin's position a hundred years ago would also like, like, uh, you know, he would have a sword at his side, like right now, you know what I mean? Like he, he would go to bed next to like a, 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 a effing musket and, you know, be a trained duelist and shit. Like if I had said something about him on my yield, uh, podcast or something, he would like, Yo, let's duel. I'll kill you. You don't talk <laughs> shit to a real nobleman like me. So, I mean, that's all relative bullshit. I mean, uh, the, the, the question of caliber of person comes down to this: What is the expectation for for people? What what is asked of them? What were they inculcated with and told? This is how you need to live your life. The question is like: Do you do we need to change that because it's, it, it's things aren't oh going my God. great? Sorry, Carl Shannon. Referring to the Godfather, says 
I hope your first child is a gender fluid child. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that, that's that's good shit. Yeah, the question is like, is there is there regression? Yeah, absolutely. And this is what happens to people who if, if you, you're we've we've gone we've gone the seed, and there's nothing you can really do about this except either change what people are inculcated with, like change their basic values of how a person should live. And then you have to enforce standards based on that. And like we do that today, but the problem is the standards are you should be a fucking you should be a fucking slob, but you make sure you don't say like naughty these naughty like you don't say the words that might uh, hurt people who are um protect the class. Like that's well, that's the it, only it's, it's worse than that because it's it's actually actively encouraging like behavior that's bad for people. Like it's because it, it's worse than like oh, yeah, you should be a slob, but, like, you know, don't say mean words. It's actually, like, no, you know, you should get weird surgery, put your kids through, like, weird sexualization. Yeah. You should. Uh, I mean, now, I mean, it's kind of mainstream now that you're just, like, supposed to do drugs, apparently. I mean, you know what I Like, yeah. it started with that. Remember that college, what was it, a Columbia professor or something that did that New York Times thing? It's like, yeah, I just do heroin. I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's how I relax after a hard day of professoring, I guess, or whatever. Here's uh, the, here's you know, that, that's, that's what's different. Fat acceptance is a great example because, like, uh, it's been well recorded that, uh, so Japan doesn't have fat acceptance. In Japan, if you if you put on a couple pounds, people will, will talk shit to you. They will Hey man, you're you're getting chunky. <laughs> yeah. I was in Hong Kong. Uh, one of my friends had gotten a little chubby, and in the street, old Asian ladies would run up to him and rub his belly. Yeah, and so like this, not people he knew, just random Asian women in Hong Kong would just run up to him and rub his belly. And this is known as being so. This so this does help people, but however, the 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 flip side of it is like is somebody has to be an asshole. And this is one of the the, the sort of the job functions, uh, like part of the part of the whole being a, a, a the part of the priesthood. You know, you, people would rather just tell. Like the most popular author in Rome was the guy that told people that the, what they should do is get drunk all day, and and uh, it, that's yeah. the best way to get ripped. But like this is, but that's part of also the job function is you like the priest has got to be the asshole to tell you, hey, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be uh, doing drugs, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. It's easier to tell people, ah, just get fat. Who cares? There's a, there's a brand of take that you can get from people that's like, listen to me. I'm going to explain to you how you can stop being such a, such a mess. You, you're you're stupid. You're, you need to learn how to, uh, you know, you need to learn how to, you need to get ripped eating liver supplements. Or I'm, I'm going to teach you how to, you know, uh, actually do things that real men do. I, 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 I'm, that's not, that's not. <laughs> Jack Murphy. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not what's happening here. I'm gonna, what I'm you, gonna. What are you, a pussy? That's a, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that's a baby carrot. I got I'm a gonna, full banana. <laughs> I'm gonna hold up a mirror here and say, okay, you, uh, Merrick, you're born in the 1980s. Where are your kids at? Where's your, where's your wife at? Why don't you make more money? Why why is it 10 o'clock at night and you're uh, doing a podcast? That's weird. What what is that? If if this is for, you know thirty forty years ago, people will be asking questions. You notice you don't go to church as much as you ought to, right? I know it's a lot of stuff. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. What what's the deal? But the thing is, these expectations aren't laid on you anymore, ever. And everyone has a right to amyl poppers. 
yeah. <laughs> so when the question, like, to answer the finally answer the question, like, there's regression. Do we we have to we have to look in the mirror? Do we have to change something? Yeah, but I mean, people don't do that unless they have to do that. If you're if you're um. He keeps coming up in the news, so like Hunter Biden is a great example of this. And, and one of the reasons why they're having so much trouble really – some people will tell you it's because like the Democrats control the media. And that's true, but that's not really the problem. The problem is what is the moral – like what is the moral crime you can lay on Hunter Biden? That he's a, a, a rich layabout like, jerk-off? If it was 1980, 81 or whatever, that would work. You could probably do that, but – how is it? How is what he's doing wrong by the dominant morality of today? It's not like being being a, a sorry, Sir Walter Raleigh. Yeah, being a doped up guy, like a man child who is paying for sex and you know living off his dad's money and reputation and behaving like this. It's not. It's not good by old conceptions of morality. But yeah, but is there is there any conception of morality? that he's doing good under besides from modern progressivism like I mean the, he Shintoism no. lets you sit around smoking crack and no, stuff No and, and I mean and they don't really like this <laughs> and we and we talked about this with the crying twitch people like they know this is bad like you you know your your husband watching the twitch streamer deep fake pornography is gross and embarrassing but they couldn't tell you why other than to say, well, this is harmful to a protected class. Like you're hurting women by doing this, but that's not really, that's not why she was crying in the background. She's embarrassed because you're, you're, this is your fucking husband and and he's behaving this way. And until you, if if you can, you don't need to, when things are great, when you're rich, if your dad's the president or vice president and you're going to just be taking care of your whole life, it doesn't matter. This is like the, uh, the oldest gag in the book about like the the child of nobility who's just he is the fuck up but it's fine i mean until you know you kill yourself from drug use or being too fat or whatever it's fine because there's you're not gonna have to worry about that there's not the competition there's not the the material reality you have to deal with once that changes then you have to go digging back into the past or or sometimes the future to find something new and that's what that's what all these people will have to do you know unless we all die from fentanyl or whatever and, and heart disease in the next 20 years which is not you know not outside the realm of possibility <laughs> let's let that be uh, the last word except for uh reese 33 brings up that twitch podcaster said uh booba spam is cringe booba spam is never cringe it never will be cringe it's it's one of the most like guttural human things possible there's no what? there's no time in human history will there ever be so imagine like uh there'll never be a time where you're uh you're is a male you've been cured of not noticing when a woman has large breasts uh this happened to me this morning i was i was watching the weather local the morning weather uh the the, <laughs> the weather woman is is well endowed and i said good lord and i follow her on twitter man yeah, I'm, she I'm is I, very, very gifted. She, yeah, she's stacked. Yeah. Anyway, and I said this, and I wasn't alone when I said this, and it's like I couldn't help it. I did. I didn't <laughs> intentionally produce these words. It was like that. Uh, the the my brain stem, the lizard part of my of my <laughs> human brain. Yeah. 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 It was. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
Uh, where do you want to get started? Do we want to talk about how everybody went insane about the balloon, or is that just is that just enough to just say everybody went crazy about a a, 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 a Chinese balloon for like f- four days straight? The only thing I have on that is, uh, did you see the story from? Tr- <laughs> no, it's from trending political news. It says <laughs> during an interview. Uh, so this is uh, February 6, 2023. During an interview with Fox Business Network on Monday, Republican Representative Mike Waltz dropped a new bombshell information relating to Chinese spy balloons allegedly flown in the United States during President Donald Trump's time in office. Uh, it says that that the deep state, Gerald Mattis, kept information from Donald Trump about the balloons because yes. they thought he would start a war over it. The, what, what was alleged to have happened was that there was there were... Chinese spy balloons spotted by NORAD in the during his presidency, and they just said we're not going to bother to tell the president of the United States. Depending on the story, the generals either hid stuff from Donald Trump because they thought he was they were afraid he wouldn't start a war, right, and was going to pull troops out, or sometimes apparently they hid stuff because they were afraid that he would start a war, like it, it. it just it seems like that narrative just gets bent to whatever the you know the convenient thing for the moment is yeah. i have something to say about this so <laughs> the guy that broke this story what he tweeted was he tweeted this general mattis allegedly kept chinese spy balloon info from trump because he feared trump would have an aggressive response this is called treason no you know and this is a young man so maybe you don't know this this is how the american government has been designed this is this is this is the exact reason why we yeah. talk about people like uh, Boss Tweed and shit. Like, th- 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 this is the entire point. No, this is how it's supposed to work. That should piss you off. Yeah, th- th- this is a this is a great that's a great point. That's not treason because treason implies that you stepped outside the bounds of of your duty, which is like his their duty and they were very clear about this like from 2016 until they got him out of office like and it's actually our job to run the country and and be more babies than the Moloch machine right so it's not treason like is it a, is it a problem like cuz it, it goes against the the like the, the the legal like the way it's supposed to work like the, your country the civilian like the president of the united states is supposed to be the guy in charge of the military the military hiding stuff from the president of the united states like should be scandalous should be a crown they should be they should be fired possibly i don't know for dereliction of duty whatever but they weren't however i'm not sure that i even buy that because there was another story about the same the same thing where that somebody at norad said yeah we didn't even see the balloon when it came over during trump's time we only figured out that this happened afterwards from like from spy stuff or whatever i i, I could believe that too that they just were they just didn't notice the the balloons further i don't know if it matters like do, is it is it really important that balloons are flying over the country? I mean, it's not good, but well, in, I mean, in the '60s we had we 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 were we were flying spy planes over the USSR, like pretty much on the regular. We got rid of them because nobody needs them anymore because everybody has satellites. Yeah, but the balloons are better for some things. Like they they can they can loiter around, they can do stuff that maybe satellites can't do. I just I'm not sure that it matters that, that much. If, if those satellites can't zoom in, like. Super deep, and how did my pic- pictures of my penis get on the internet? 
<laughs> well, uh, from, from what I understand, from satellites, you got, well, I, I know this is true because, because of the way being in orbit works. If you want the satellite to stay in one place, it has to be orbiting super far away. Like it has to be ge- geostationary orbit, like the like the cell phone satellites, right? Get one of these flying over my ex girlfriend's house. <laughs> I, those, <laughs> a spy satellite, I think, is closer, which means it's going to be zooming past whatever. You can't just hang out there and, and continue to <laughs> make sure Cheyenne ain't a bitch, Cheyenne ain't stepping out or whatever. <laughs> but a balloon can do that. I, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't buy that this matters. I kind of suspect this ha- it happens in the past, and they, we're just I mean, hearing they're just talking about it now because somebody in Montana took a picture of it, and and people were like, "Hey, this is a good, this is more fodder for our our uh, grist mill for this new Cold War with China that we're having." Here's a question: Like, what what if they flew off their the uh, which by the way they copied the F twenty two because they got the plans from Honeywell. Well, what would it matter if they flew one of those? These people make all our fucking antibiotics and shit. I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> I mean, the idea that we're gonna we're gonna fight with them. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure maybe we could do something in like ten years once we, as Fredo was telling us about, move all the 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 manufacturing to what is it, Vietnam and Cambodia and shit. But like, this is a joke. We can't. They could do anything. They could do, they could do anything. Well, this is it's it's the funny thing. Like, yeah, if you're really worried about China, like the, the fact that they're making all the antibiotics would be a bigger problem. But like, there's also the problem of is China really a, a problem for the United States? What is the threat right now? It's to Taiwan. You ever looked at a map? Like Taiwan is like is right next to China. Taiwan's kind of part. Of, you know, historically was part of China. Our our biggest concern is that. Our our reach is going to not be uh, ninety miles away from the Chinese coast, but it's going to be like uh, three hundred miles from the Chinese coast. Like that's kind of a weird thing to get in in up in arms about compared to say, you know, everything that we consume is is made there, and it's it's you know, I mean, driving inflation and, and yeah. Honestly, who cares? Like you know, yeah. Either we get nuked, we get nuked. Outside of that, <laughs> nobody is going to be innovating each other. I mean, what we what we really need is some kind of proxy war to tide over people for a while. But uh, it's gonna be a while till we can get some like that. Wait till next summer, baby. Wait till next summer. You'll get all. You'll get. They'll have all the fun they want. They'll start setting shit on fire again. It'll be. It'll be. War season is like in two months. You'll notice this, especially when you start reading history stuff. Is basically, uh, war starts in when when the the winter falls. Yeah, well, right, but I don't mean literally a war. They'll just, like, they'll channel that into, like, stuff that's going to happen in, like, Los Angeles or whatever. Like, they'll just do that. That's, that, like, this is their version of war, by the way. All the shit that happened in 2020, all the riots and stuff, that's their, like, their their proxy war. It was happening here in the streets. That's by the what way, they'll do. That's what, that's what they do when they get bored. There's a guy that's canceled. I don't know if he can say, I think he can say, you know, Weave. Yeah. yeah. He did some tweets where he was talking about, the nature of American political system. And he said that basically everything is fake and it's all designed to channel popular support into the state of Israel. <laughs> and I just remember thinking like, like, what do you want? Like, we'll fuck out. Like, I don't think most Americans give a fuck about Israel, Palestine. I'm never going to go there. I, you know, if I had a couple beers, I probably couldn't find it on the map. Like, 
you like you mean like we could get rid of like the CRA and and affirmative action, all this kind of stuff, if we got rid of uh uh whatever. Uh like I, the yeah, thing the thing about this, that it's issue cope. is like this is the most important issue in the world if you're Iranian or um what's the Hezbollah country? Lebanon or Lebanon or something. This is this is the most there's never going to be a more important topic for you than like Israel and military and stuff. But like most Americans like wh- wh- what do we care? And by the way, like what the fuck does it matter my opinion? So This is cope. It's 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 a huge amount of cope because like if this was really the problem, if it was like there were secretly mastermind like Benjamin Netanyahu was secretly orchestrating all this stuff, it would be really easy to deal with. We could just stop doing that. We could stop giving money to Israel and all our problems would magically go away. But when you realize that like that's not that the call is coming well, from I, inside the I house. I want to believe this. I want to talk about some frivolous Okay, did you see? I mean, this is just a, uh, the latest point, but um, uh, Madonna is is one of the <laughs> examples. But there's this buccal fat uh, trend now. All these these uh, surgeons are doing. It's basically who are those investment brothers that died? I don't know. I've seen the memes, but I don't know who they are. Fredo, do you know? Uh, uh Bogdanoff. Bo- Bogdanoff. Is that their last name? Yeah. Yeah, and she's got her head down to make it so you can't see it. But um, there's this trend going around where everybody is getting the surgery, like the Bogdanoff brothers. There was somebody in the in the 2000s that had this surgery that was like the cat lady. She had like whiskers implanted in her face, mm-hmm. and it, it basically it blows out the t- your top of your cheeks. People say it's fat removal, like they're removing something below. Yeah, maybe so, but they're also oh, yeah. blowing out their cheeks. Oh, they're sucking the fat out of your uh, your cheeks so that your 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 cheekbones look higher because you've just removed the, the 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 fat in your face below it. Your not cheekbones aren't actually getting bigger. It's just you you've removed the stuff and like it makes you look. It's funny because like there's these pictures of these young influencer women who are like twenty two years old doing it and it makes you look like ten years older. Why? They, what the hell is wrong I with would, them? Why are they okay, doing that? Maybe if you get it young, but I have a theory on. And the theory goes like this. So first off, everyone that gets it looks fucking weird. They look really weird. Remember the people that used to get this were like literally like monster people and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jim, Jim Rose circus. And you remember that? No. What? Jim Rose circus. I don't know. Well, maybe no, maybe. no, no, no. I'm sorry. Anyways, I'm not familiar. There's like just mount, people literally trying to look like a monster. But, right. Yeah. The, like the Barbie lady who went and trying to make something like Barbie. Yeah. However, like, uh, I think the point of it is that they would be, these people would rather look ugly, look ugly than older because what you'll notice it does is that there's no, there's no, uh, yeah, there, there's no wrinkles left on your face when you blow out your cheeks like that. Well, they're also, do, they're also having facelifts and stuff, but like that makes you look weird and, 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 and kind of inhuman, but yeah, you're, you're right. They would, ra- a lot of these people would rather look like really ugly than look their age. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of celebrity women that, uh, maybe they've had faceless or something, but they you can tell they, they are not like a 30 year old woman. They look older, but they, but they, it's just older, but they still, uh, they're not like ugly. In, I think it was an orthodoxy. Chesterton had a, uh, a bit about this that I never really considered until I read it because we, we've just, we've existed in this like, 
world our entire lives, and so have our parents. But he was like, but he was, you know, in the he lived in a time when he could remember, kind of before, the worship of youth, right? And he said that in the past, if you were like, if you were, if it was the 1700s, you if you were a young man, you would you would pretend to be older. You know, like this is a, the style was like wearing powdered wigs and stuff. Like I want to look like I'm an old, experienced man. I got stuff going on. I might even fake having a limp, or you know, you wanted to you carry cane, walk around with a cane, even though you're you're 25 years old. I want you to think that I'm 10 years older than I am. That that is impossible to imagine now, unless you're talking about like you're you're 19 and you need a fake ID. It's impossible to imagine that because everybody is just desperate to remain younger forever like the, who are the, the most like well, most famous celebrities getting hgh treatments and all this stuff and men and women are different no but so north carolina mm, mom not mama, anymore north carolina mom <laughs> mama says 50 percent plastic 100 percent uncanny valley yeah absolutely that you know it's weird because um if you're a male i mean there's no other way to i mean if you're past that age you know for most people most males 18 to 21 sucks I mean, it's rough. You know what I'm saying? Yes, unless you're like, unless you're, yeah, unless you're like, you're high status or you're a real stud. Yeah, I'm sure for some guys it was great. Oh yeah, but typically it sucks. You right. Ain't got, you ain't got no money. You ain't got a good job. Uh, man, it sucks. You know, and things get better as you get older. I don't know if that's the same way for women, but you know. <laughs> You, you you nailed it with what you said there that like it's different for men and women. It used to be different for men and women. It's not anymore. Like male celebrities do, are, are acting like okay. Well, let me phrase leave, this a little leave, less. Leave, leave Leo out of this. A little less dangerously. If we were talking about like the movie stars of yesteryear, like the '30s and '40s, they still got they still like John, they had. Sorry, imagine John Wayne getting. Uh, you know, buccal fat or, you know, his, his uh, calf surgery. Right. They, they, I mean, like, there was early plastic surgery. I'm not saying that male actors never well, no, did no, it. I'm, I'm joking. I mean, John I, Wayne looked 70 years old, like, his whole life. Yeah, ex exactly. Ex that was exactly my point. You know, John Wayne, towards the end of his career, he wasn't trying to pretend to be like he was still 30 years old. He was like, I'm a grizzled old man. I got an eye patch and I look like, you know, like I'm dying of cancer in the, mo in the movie, too. He was playing like an old man. I'm not saying that doesn't happen anymore, but that mindset is not as. Like, who's the Ant Man guy? Do you know who I'm talking about? That guy, the actor in the Ant Man movies? I'll you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, uh, he was in like the movie. He was in the movie Clueless in like 1993. Paul, someone said Paul yeah, Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Yeah. You Paul look Rudd. at him today. He doesn't look exactly the same, but it's like the Tom Cruise thing where he looks pretty much exactly like he did 30 yeah, Paul, years ago. Paul Rudd looks good. He doesn't right. like your point. He doesn't look too much older than he did in Clueless. But my my point isn't like that. That's bad or whatever. But do you see how how everybody? Everybody like worships that idea. They so badly want that. Madonna would literally sell her soul if she could look like uh, age thirty or age forty. Madonna, if she could do that for like a week, she would give all of her money and, and everything. You know, everything just to, to experience that. That is that is a very a very weird and like I don't want to say aristocrat, but. It's a very particular mindset for people, to, and, and they've always existed, but it's been something looked down on. Like the the uh, like Elizabeth Bathory, 
was not uh, um, an aspirational story, right? Here's this weird woman who's doing all this bizarre stuff because she's horribly afraid of getting older. Well, that's everybody in like in our in in our current culture. Like everybody's like that now. Like regular people are like that. They have filters on their phone to make them look younger. You're doing treatments and stuff. Regular people get Botox and know people who shot who shocked themselves to get rid of wrinkles and stuff like that. Like just just everybody's like this now. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, there's been talk about this new Metal Gear Solid movie coming out, and um, I don't even know if they're going to make it. But the the actor they picked was Oscar Isaac, and he's, I mean, he's I looked, in like everything now, isn't he? I looked him up because like my first thought was like, whoa, he's like 20 years too young to be solid. Like uh, Solid Snake, like is supposed to be like like he's he's on the ass end of his career. Like this mm-hmm. is the one more job type of thing. He's supposed to look like, you know, like, like a ground beef. Like, you know, he's supposed, this guy is a, a guy shredded from a lifetime as a soldier. He's Rambo six, not Rambo first blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, he, he's old and worn out and shit like that. Not totally worn out, but, um, and you, and I looked it up and Oscar Isaac's 43, which I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's totally normal. But like, uh, no, you, you need somebody like 53 to play solid snake. Um, I don't know why they would do that. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's funny because it kind of goes against the degeneration stuff we were talking about earlier. But I've talked about this before. Like every every uh, if you watch a lot of old stuff, there are exceptions. There was like uh, the guy who played Cheyenne or whatever who was just built like a brick shit house, and there were actors like that. But like you could be if you go back and watch the original Die Hard and look at Bruce Willis, like his his physique. It's a, it's a pretty normal guy physique. Like he's not you know he's not flabby or anything <laughs> yeah. but he's not built uh if you if you watch the most basic like a lot of sitcom tv guys are are more jacked than bruce willis was in die well, hard here's a here's a flip side who's the boss in x-files uh mitch Pileggi. oh that's that's like the actor's name i, I don't... yeah skinner oh well, okay skinner in x-files is jacked he's huge it's like you like you could be a leading actor in an action movie and not be that jack. I mean, he's huge in those, and it looks crazy because the nineties were. Let's but it's on you. Like I'm saying, every every you know every actor is kind of is kind of like that now. And I and I really I don't know. Maybe I'm they cynical. Got, they got that Disney super super shake or whatever they're all. Thinking. Yeah, they're like they're they're juicing, and this is part of it. Like you. <sighs> If you told Bruce Willis, you need like, we're going to put you in Die Hard. You need to you need to like uh, take some steroids. He, I mean, he'd probably be like, "That's no, that's that's fucking weird." What are you talking about? Like that just wasn't part of the job description. And being this weird, uh, perpetually twenty year old monster, not not the, the, like a twenty year old mutant for for your entire life, that wasn't strictly necessary either. But this is who they are, and this and this is how this is how it works. And because of the things that we talked about earlier, this is going to spread. It's spreading to the general population more and more every every single day. I think it has. I think a major part of it is just not having the right roles in your life. Like uh, uh, absolutely, this is. Look, if if you, I like I like the old. I'm not saying I'm an expert. Like I like the old Hollywood stuff, and you read about these actresses in the past. And like they, it was 1930, 1940, whatever, a pretty trad time, right? They lived abs- the most absolutely degenerate, dissolute lives you've ever heard. And like a lot of them died really young. And like they did these things, they would, 
you know, try to have surgery and do all these tricks to make themselves seem younger because there was legitimate, like once you're 40 years old, you don't have the roles anymore because people don't want, people didn't want a, you know, a 40 year old who looked 40 years old being the, the ingenue in a film. But like, if, if you were just a regular person and they, and they existed, you're like, you had a family or whatever. You're like, ah, I guess I'm not doing that now. I'll, I'll wait another 10 years and then I'll play people's moms or whatever, or I'll just hang out with my kids and retire. But if you can't do that, if you don't have that, then you're you're in you're in shit out of luck because you don't you don't fit in the to the role that you should have in, at this point in your life, and you can't do the perpetual youth thing anymore without it being pathetic. The question I want to pose to you guys, because this has come up lately with all the AI crap, uh, people have been speculating. Do you, you you sent this you sent this great clip that Metal Gear Solid video where. Uh, the 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 guys explaining to the protagonist how all the AI stuff is a plan to make people not trust anything, and you have to we're going to ID everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to lay it out. So he says what they're going to do, they're going to give let people have access to AI right now. People are going to do stuff they shouldn't. The government is going to use that as a pretext to basically enforce um, enforce uh, digital IDs, get rid right. of anonymity. <clears throat> However, there's another option, which is that people will correctly go back to... Tr like, we're, we're All three of us are old enough to remember the early days of the internet when like, you just assumed that people were... Everything was lies and weird, and they were weirdos. You wouldn't give your real... You wouldn't give your real name out to somebody because... They're probably some some freak sitting at his computer who's doing God knows what. It's I, ha I have to guard real life from from this degenerate crap online. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we could always just go back to that. I mean, I'm not saying that wouldn't be a huge change and a real problem for some people, but like the stuff where uh, you're living through Instagram or whatever, that's not sustainable with. Like AI crap. If you can, if you, if in ten years from now, whatever, AI might not be useful for driving trucks, but you know what it will be useful for? Creating artificial personas, which people already kind of do. Like that, that e thought that you're talking to, it already, in right now, like you, you, just, you, if you say like, well, we're gonna FaceTime. Up until I don't know recently, that would be like, okay, you are actually the person that, that I think you're talking to. Uh, at some point in the near future, people will be able to just do that too. And you're not, you're not going to be able to trust anything that you see through a screen. And you know what? That would be great because you shouldn't trust anything you see through a screen. You should, tr you should treat it with suspicion because it, it is, and not only could, can it be fake, it is fake. Every single phone, a cell phone on the market has like integrated software to change your photo, your selfie photographs to like touch you up without you doing anything. It just does it automatically. Well, think I about how a, fucked up that is. I need a mirror that does that. Yeah, but well, just think <laughs> about that. You shouldn't trust anything that you see through a screen. You should only trust like what you hear from the good old boys podcast. But like other than that, you shouldn't you shouldn't trust anything from this. Yeah, let's keep moving. <laughs> I've got a real quick one here. Uh, Jerry Lawler uh, suffered a stroke 3 p.m. today. Oh. Uh, he's, I was at his home in Fort Myers, Florida. He's at the hospital recovering. Uh, prayers out for 
uh, the king of Memphis, Memphis, Jerry King Lawler. Yeah, uh, Macho Man's brother also passed away this weekend, right? Yeah, genius. I, I I never I never honestly I didn't know who I didn't know his like career, but he was really popular in early wrestling. Yeah, he was always uh, he was never as popular as Randy, but um, man, he like it was sad. I mean, he looked like a million bucks. Talk by the way, talking about people that look young, I think he just had the genetics. I mean, he just he looked like a million bucks. He was like in his mid sixties or whatever. That's that's sad. Yeah, Lanny Poffo. R.I.P. Keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what do you know about this DeSantis story? Oh, his uh, book. Yeah, sorry, Fred. Go ahead. No, it was just. I mean, this is uh, uh, from a, I guess like a week or two ago. Like the the reaction to the new, you know, the teachers. Teachers now like can't just put like weird books with sex stuff in the <laughs> library anymore. Like that, this stuff has to be like age appropriate. So teach, I think to like make a scene, what's been going on is in certain school districts, teachers are just emptying out the library and they're claiming that, well, we just can't take the risk that, you know, Ron DeSantis will find something objectionable. So we're just going to have to get rid of every book and not, not let the kids read like Canterbury Tales or something, right? I guess because uh, that could somehow be found objectionable. It's like it's just goofy grandstanding stuff on their part. But, you know, it ultimately probably helps to Sanus, right? Because, you know, to, to <laughs> it, it helps them with the, it helps the teachers with their base. It helps to Sanus with his base when they do like weird histrionics like that, I think. I, I took that, and I don't know, but I took the, the, the pictures of the empty shelves. Like, we just we have to just take all the books out because we can't be sure what crazy thing you're going to ban. Like, they're openly saying, it is like if we cannot use our position as teachers to like, inculcate these children with our religion, then we would just not teach them anything at all. And, like, that, I, I, I 100% believe they feel that way. But you're right, this is a, I mean, it's not a W, but, like, it, it works in his favor because... You're you're forcing them out of the shadows, and this is this is the 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 biggest L they took with bat flu was the you know, the a teaching at home, and for once, like parents figured found out actually, and like I shouldn't say parents because I I honestly had no idea how bad it was either until the, until the lockdowns happened. I knew that there was bad stuff in like the in academia and the universities. I had no idea how much of it had spread to grade school. Until I saw people around me who, like in you know Rockingham County, Harrisburg, whatever, show me the stuff their kids were being taught. It was it was it surprised me, and this is a huge L because now you've the default assumption was they will go to school and learn the same crap that we learned, but they're not. And this is this is good that you're forcing them to admit this is our job, this is what we do. These this is the only the only circumstances that we'll continue to to, to work under. Because once you do that, once you have all the cards on the table, then everybody can make a decision one way or the other. Are you is this okay, or are you not going <laughs> to subject your children to that? He, all, I mean, he's been making a lot of moves. By the way, I mean, he also this week. Uh, the more recent story is like he. Uh, the, that Disney weird taxing district thing instead of abolishing it. So this is kind of interesting too. So, you know, last legislative session, they came up with this plan to abolish the Reedy Creek district, which is this like Disney self-governance district that allows Disney to like levy taxes, 
which has tax benefits for them to pay for their improvements. Well, you know, DeSantis and the Republicans said that they were going to dissolve it. Orange County, where part of Disney, most of Disney World lies, part of it's in Osceola County. Uh, they're two of the most liberal counties in the whole state, partially because Disney imports low wage labor from overseas to, li <laughs> to live in those places. Yeah. Uh, the the those two, well, Orange County specifically said. Well, like, I don't know. Ron DeSantis is going to do this. We're just going to have to raise everyone's taxes, I guess, because now there isn't going to be this separate district providing those services for Disney. So now we'll have to do it, which is, I mean, that's false, right? Anybody that's ever lived in a county, not in city limits, knows the county doesn't have to do shit. Uh, in the county where I live, if you don't live in city limits, the county doesn't pave your road. You either live on a dirt road or you and your neighbors form like a limited purpose HOA just to <laughs> pave your own road. We have a lot of that here. They don't There's get a third option, and I did this because we, did, my family did this. Or you can just keep writing letters over and over to the county board of supervisors until, you, until all the old ladies terrorize them into paving your road so you shut the hell up. Right. But yeah, but, but like, exactly. But my point is like, they don't have to do it. Like they don't have to do that for Disney. They don't have right, to pick right. up Disney. They don't have to pick up Disney's trash. My County does not pick up your trash. If you don't live in the city limits, you have to go sign a contract with waste management what? or whatever. They what? Don't have Are there what, hold on. There are places where like you live out in the County, they'll come pick up your trash. Like that exists. Some, in there are there yeah there are counties here even in Florida where the county will get your trash if you don't live in the city. What? But that's that's not the case where I live, but that is the case in certain places. I, I, you don't have to take your your stuff to the what? Well, y'all don't have to take your trash. I know if you live in the city, you don't. But you li can live not in the city, and you don't have to take your own trash to the dump. I, I, I'm just I'm just finding this out. I'm like Trump in that tiny dancer video. I, I'm just hearing this for the first time. What? In my county, most people that don't live in, in city limits sign a contract with waste management and just pay waste management to come and get it, or else they can take it to the dump. Uh, but but there are there – are, uh, the county I used to live in before this one, the county would come get your trash if you didn't live in city limits. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just shocked. I, I didn't know I was that much of a pleb, but apparently I am. Continue. Sorry. Uh, when I was growing up, I lived within uh, municipal limits, and we had to take our trash to the dump. The city, even the town didn't do that back then. Uh, but at any rate, yeah. Like So anyway, Orange County basically said, like, oh, we're going to have to do all this stuff, which is bullshit, but of course people believe it, right? right. Because – the county says so it's like Ron DeSantis is going to raise everybody's taxes. You know what I mean? So he pretty smartly, instead of trying to fight that narrative this week, what he did was they're not going to dissolve the school district and instead, or not, excuse me, the improvement district. And instead, it's going to continue. That's the, it's still going to levy the taxes on Disney <laughs> that pay for all the improvements, but Disney just doesn't get to pick the board members anymore. The governor I was, does. I was, I, I, I had seen this story. I didn't look into it, but like, I, I just, my instinct was, and you can tell me this is right. He said, I'm not going to get rid of it. We're just going to take it over. We're that's exactly that's yeah. exactly right. Going forward from now on, the governor's office will just pick the uh, the five <laughs> board members that uh, that serve on that. So it actually they figured out a way to actually make it worse for Disney. Carl Shannon brings up says you think Italians in New Jersey have better access to waste management? <laughs> well, uh, 
we know you know who you know who uh, used to own uh, waste management WM right? Now his, now his son does Wayne Heisinga. He was a he's a Dutch gangster. I mean uh, he owns he owned the the he's like a Florida legend. I mean he was like the mafia for Florida, which is perfect for the trash business. But he's Dutch. Uh, he owned the Panthers, the Dolphins. Like uh, I don't know. He just he was just a great classic crook. I don't know. We need more people like him. Which, by the way, we were talking about earlier about the um, what do you call it? The uh, local local big man. Mm-hmm. Something that and like talking about that we should have it back. Well, something that that's sort of weird about that. I don't like. Maybe it doesn't necessarily go against it, but a lot of great eighties movies were people trying to deal with the local big man. Yeah. Sunday, I watched Roadhouse. You seen Roadhouse? Hell yes, you know that. Yeah, many times. You know Roadhouse has a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. What about the public versus the critics? Who doesn't like it? The, the critics? public is only like sixty six. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's an old movie, and it was like it's not like Citizen Kane. Sixty six. Okay. No, I mean, I, I don't trust anything. I did, I assume all movies are bad except ones that have bad. Like, I only think movies that are not considered art are good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hate, I hate movies so much. But if, if the public Sam says... Elliot is so cool in that movie. So, yeah, but, yeah. So the, the, the public says 66, right? You said 66%? Yeah. And it's like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes? That means the critics hated it. Well, there you go. The critics yeah. must have hated a lot more than the, pu- the public uh, to to get that rating. Yeah, Kelly Lynch in that flick. <laughs> mm. Yeah, my other <clears throat> big complaint. This is also a Florida thing, so we have to talk about it here. Um, I went to Publix tonight to go get me a, a a sub, and there was this bitch there that had like <laughs> she had this huge list of several pages of sandwiches. <laughs> And they were like, they weren't even on sub bread. They were on like on regular ass bread. Each one of these sandwich orders had like 20 items. They, they were like all the most complicated shit. They were, they were, uh, they were all toasted and like a zillion things. I just remember sitting there thinking like, this is why we can't have good things. Like yeah. everyone knows that the, the public's deli is run at a loss. They can't, there's no way they make money on this. This, 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 this bitch was making this guy make like, a hundred sandwiches. Was she was she in line in front of you? Yeah. How how long was the line? I sat there and waited about fifteen minutes, and then somebody came in and and sides got me in on the side. How, so were you the only person waiting behind her? Yeah. Okay. See, this is this is a this is the one of those degeneration society things. Everybody knows if you're like if you're at the grocery store, you're to deli or whatever, and you got a big order, and there's like a there's a a, a man behind you or whatever. He's got like a, a, a carton of eggs and a jug of milk. You're like, hey, you go ahead of me. I'm going to take a little bit. I mean, this is, my business is going to take a little bit longer. You should go ahead and cut ahead of me, and and you know, yeah. that way you can get here a reasonable time. So like, not only is she is she screwing over Publix, she's really kind of screwing you over because you should be saying like, hey, you can deal with this guy, and I'll I'll wait. I'm going to be here a while anyway. That's like uh, basic common courtesy. You could tell basic. That, yeah, you could tell the guy was. I mean, he was on like sandwich like thirteen, and he was going slow at that point. She had this bitchy attitude, and it's like, yeah, this this is a special thing. This isn't just like, um, 
you know, going like just ordering anything else, they're making a loss on this. This is like a special thing. And if you turn this into uh, what you're doing here, getting like, and like this bitch had like 20 sandwiches and they're all like on regular ass bread. Why don't you just buy, and like, you know, had chicken tenders and this and that. Why don't you just buy, buy all the, the, the t- chicken tenders and put them on there yourself? This what? is like the one of the way, I mean, this happened, has happened before, whatever, but like this is one of the wages of being an atomized, alienated society. Like there was this, there's this little viral. It wasn't super viral, but it was viral enough. I saw it. Videos were like all these Indian um, college students were like they're like middle class Indian college students explaining, putting out videos to t- tell other Indian people how you can go to your local food bank and get free food if you're a student. If you need some, if you if you need some food, and you want to save some money. Here, go to the local food bank and they'll give you they'll give you food for free. Isn't it great? Isn't this country cool? It's like people like you you yeah. the, the the public's running it a lot their daily the loss kind of necessitates that you people can't be doing that like the, like you said that like you can't you can't come in there and uh and order 500 sandwiches it doesn't it doesn't work like food banks only work because you can basically trust regular people like you're not going to stand in the food line if you have dignity and you have a job or whatever you can afford food you don't want to be in the at the food bank line because a that's kind of it's not where you want to be, and like also B, there's somebody who needed that food more than you, and now they're not going to get it because you took it. But if you have no dignity and you don't care, there's no social, there's no social contract at all. Like, hey, I'm a, I'm here to learn fucking engineering, and my family uh, owns Mumbai, but I, they, they're giving away free stuff, so I'm going to take some of it. Yeah, it's just, give me, there's give me no. A, yeah, you you can't leave the the Halloween candy out would take one. Well, I guess I could just take take out all of them. Uh, and the yeah. only thing. The only thing I would correct is the uh, <laughs> the atomized society. Well, what I've heard is that based China is not atomized, and China is like this. And people blame the Cultural Revolution, <laughs> but like the, anything that, that that sort of relies on public trust or whatever is just covered in in shit in like a second. And there's no no trust on anything that that's sort of shared publicly. There's no, uh, you know, uh, I don't want. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have said Adam. I was just going from high trust to low trust. It's abs- like trust is the is the word. You, all this stuff operates on implicit trust. Like I trust that you're not going to do this, and we know that some people would, some scumbags would go to the food bank when they didn't need to. But it was not a lot of people. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you if every Indian uh, Indian math student in, in, the uni- in the university in 2024 is going to a food bank, that's going to actually be a problem eventually, right? If people who don't need to go to the food bank are doing that, and it, then well, what's the solution? You're going to have to, you're going to have to like means test the food bank. That doesn't work. It's like they're, they're, they're literally ruining it for everybody. But what can you do? You can't shame that person. You can't shame that lady. She doesn't have any shame. Like what? What stand? Like what standards can you enforce on her? You're never going to see her again for the rest of your life. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's a group of people. Like I should. This would be more Twitch approved if I did say who they were, because I promise I'm not talking about black people. There's a group of people <laughs> that when they go to restaurants in my town, uh, the wait staff are advised to take the uh, the sweet and lows off the table. Because I just take them. They'll take every sweet, sweet and low that's not literally not nailed down because they're free. There's are no, these, there's no law that says you can't just take every single one that's in the whole restaurant. Are they old people? Yeah. 
The old people, I mean, old people would do that. And, like, it used to be, I, like, my grandmother wouldn't do that bad, but, like, she would take the ketchup packets and stuff, and she's like, I'm not going to throw these away. These are perfectly good. And, like, they, she grew up at the tail end of the Depression, and so it's like, yeah, they, I, I give them a G-pass on that because they remember a time of well, actual this scarcity. This isn't just old people in general. This is a specific kind. Well, let's keep okay. going. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just want to go back. <laughs> on the fireside chat. I mean, FDR was a great enemy in the United States. I don't think it was probably <laughs> out of the range. It's not like nobody else could have done that. But remember, like, so some of them, what I understand, are like six to ten minutes, and they're written by a speechwriter. Others of them, he just free free balls for 40 minutes like he's Michael Savage. Have you ever listened to the Michael Savage show? No. It's it's incredible. Like, there's this, there's this, like, uh, Thick New York accent Jewish guy. And he <laughs> screams for like two hours straight. There's nobody else. There's no producers. I mean, th- I mean, maybe they are, but they're talking to his ear and stuff. There's no co-host. There's just no nothing. It's amazing. You can tell this guy's. T- I mean, it's a it's a certain kind of talent. It would be very hard. It's, I mean, it, it's uh, podcasting by yourself is difficult, but all but just screaming for just two hours solid. It's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. We make it look easy. <laughs> okay, the last story. This is kind of a tricky one. Uh, we we've tried to talk. To, we we've tried to find people to talk to this about uh, the or the Greater Idaho movement. There's a lot of these the counties in Eastern Oregon, and I I was shocked when I saw this. So it looks like is it eleven? No, uh, fifteen counties have already uh, voted to. Yeah, yeah, have voted to join Idaho. Like the the counties in eastern Oregon, they've already voted. And they said we want to be part of Idaho, not part of Oregon. And this is now a, an actual political movement with lobbyists. And there's a guy. There's a, a a story about one of the guys behind it. He keeps a muzzle loader hung up in his office, which is always a good move for for, for these kind of people. Uh, obviously, like w- like Western Oregon, like Portland, coastal Oregon, and eastern Oregon are kind of their stream. Miami and the Panhandle, of Florida, right? They're part of the same state, but they're not really part of the same state of being. It's more, it's more. Yeah, pr- probably it's probably the biggest I, change. I, I can get around Miami like no problem. It's it, like going to Portland, hell no. And also, I mean, Eastern Oregon has like a their reputation is much more conservative than like really anything in the South. I mean, well, I mean, case in point, like I mean, I think we talked about this on the show before, but the did did we go into the whole referendum that just passed last November there and how the majority of the state is just ignoring it? Which referendum? Uh, the the uh, uh, greater than ten round magazine ban. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's happened with didn't didn't Portland basically uh, legalize like decriminalize every kind of drug too. Yeah, something like that too. Yeah, but but like the the magazine ban thing was interesting because the whole state voted against it and Portland voted for it, but they had enough votes to pass statewide, and it, it's tied up in court right now. But if it goes through, basically all the counties of other than uh, Multnomah, <laughs> which I think is the county Portland is in, has said they're just not gonna enforce it. Yeah, do, any, do anything about it. Yeah, the, the, this. I find this story interesting because, like, this is obviously 
this is a peaceful resolution to some of the problems in the United States going forward. The states, state lines being redrawn, like the, this. Uh, back when our state government was, uh, the Commonwealth government here in Virginia was discussing an extremely strong uh, gun control legislation, and we had all those protests and all that stuff. We, there were like there were people who were seriously saying we should have like plebiscites in the counties in Western Virginia to join the state of West Virginia, and like this wasn't a joke at all. People, I promise you, people were deathly serious about it. Like, this will be a really good solution from like an from an outsider standpoint, right? Where you just you could group people up together. But here's the punchline: none of this matters because even if Oregon agreed to let these counties join Idaho, which is probably not going to do in the first place, Congress would have to sign off on this to change the state borders. So it's never going to happen. Whoa! So we have a verbal agreement with some guys from the Greater Idaho Movement to come on. So I wouldn't take a hard stance yet. Let's hear him out. I, I mean, I hundred like I, I support them. I come down on the pro Greater Idaho movement side. Like Oregon's never going to do this. They're not going to allow. Well, from from their perspective, why should you let these counties go? Like they're they're paying taxes, whatever. They don't have any control because fifty fifty you know one percent of the population lives in Portland in those places. So you can just you rule over them. There's no reason for you to let them leave ever. Where I mean, we've we've kind of we've been through this before, <laughs> this before on a national level. It's just there's I don't think there's any way it can it, it, it can realistically happen. But it would be a good solution to these to these problems like this. I don't see how you can have a peaceful resolution to the differences that we have if this, like, what, what Fredo just, Fredo just line, lined up, like, you know, parts of the state would just ignore state laws and there would be conflicts between state officials and county officials. You're going to see so much more of that going forward. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be hilarious because the divide between, between people who live within the same state is growing so fast. That's the only. That's the only thing that can happen, right? We're going to see more here. Our counties just simply don't recognize this state law, or you know, these counties don't, don't believe that there is a border between U.S. and Mexico or the U.S. and Canada, right? These things are going to happen, and like the only the only real peaceful solution would be to redraw the state borders to let people be grouped up the way they wanted to. But I just don't see it happening because the people in charge have no reason to do that. Yeah, there's even, I mean, there's financial reasons for that too, even like you can't, like the way the economic system works is you can't let people opt out of it, right? Again, if these like-minded people get together, they might have wacky ideas like, I don't know, maybe everything doesn't need to revolve around banking. You know what I mean? And like shit like that does directly affect people's pocketbooks. So that that's one among many reasons why they can't allow that to happen. It just outside of even just the regular, very basic tax farming, right? The divide between the cities and the rural is growing deeper. I see a lot of confusion about this on poli- on, on Twitter. Um, but the fact of the matter is this. I made a little tweet about this today. I didn't come out and say it, but I said this. The way you get past 100 IQ is like learning the difference between a little bit and a lot. You know, we used to have this progressive friend we would argue all the time with, and he told us that there's essentially like no difference between there being like one of something or like a hundred of, or like 1% of something or like a hundred percent of something. Do you remember that Merrick? Yeah, absolutely. Like that, that's, 
you can you can you can stop any any art if those are parameters. If like what, what if there are like three people in Sumatra in a, a rare tribe who do things differently, that just disproves the whole notion of you know yeah marriage or whatever, right? Yeah, like you you can't it, 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 like but human it, beings are so weird and varied that you could you can't ever do anything useful like that. Yeah, and you start stacking up millions and millions of people. So here's like a little like a way to get yourself started in this. And so here's the way to think about this. So um, think about how many like. Are there Chinese people in rural Oklahoma? Yes or no, Merrick? I'm sure there is. There's, there's, there's yeah, for one. Sure. Okay, so there's one. Are there Chinese people in China? <laughs> yes, same thing. Are there white Republican straight males in West Hollywood? Christian in West Hollywood? I hypothetically could believe that's possible, yes. Okay, these things aren't the same, though. They're not the same. They're not the same. It's not the same thing. The amount matters. We've talked about before, like, like you net, like, because what, what people do is they'll say, like, Reese 33 says he used to live in less Hollywood. There you go. There's one. So, I mean, because what people say is, like, I found a, uh, a librarian or a community college teacher in rural America that's progressive. Therefore, Therefore, now I have like realist political opinions, like realist political <laughs> opinions about people getting elected, about representatives getting an office and shit like that. No, you're a f tar. I don't, sorry, I don't know how to say this, but like, you don't, you, no, no, this has no place in like realist political opinions at all. It nah, it, it's cynical though, because, and you've experienced this dealing with anybody who makes these arguments. When it comes to something they care about, you know, the, the conquest law thing kicks in where everybody, you have real firm, objective, moral standpoints when it's something you care about. When you're not trying to, like, termite gnaw away at the structures of something that you don't like, you, you act one way. But these people, when it comes to, like, behavior, you know, uh, that they consider to, um, like racist or whatever, they, like suddenly they're not like that anymore. Not everything is atoms bouncing freely around the universe. There is right or wrong then. So that's just it's cynical. But yeah, it, it's a decon like it's a deconstruction technique. That's probably one of the the worst parts about the uh, the late twentieth century version of an education that that people everybody gets now is that you you give them these tools to deconstruct everything. And you can do it like you if 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 you wanted to sit here, you could deconstruct any idea and make a Christopher Hitchens debate type argument against something that we know, like everybody knows, is is true. But you could, by massaging the the way like the, the way the argument works, you theoretically convince people gravity's not real. I've found an exception in, therefore, like no, right. no, 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 you're really dumb. You like you you shouldn't have like like opinions about realist politics. Maybe you like you there's other things you can mm -hmm. do but like uh no. And see this this battle like what you'll notice is that like we will, I will never win this battle online. No. Every every single day some bigger account 10,000 10,000 retweets and likes will beat me. You know why? Because winning's about who wants it the most. You got to have <laughs> you got to you got to dig deep into the what well, discords and and have all the group chats going and, you know, have 10 million people. And then what you can do is when, like, more than one people is arguing, 
you can just pick whatever the, the, the weakest response was and only respond to that. And so these guys, like you're going to, they're like, well, they're, they're going to keep winning this argument and they're going to make themselves dumber because of it. They're just well, keep going off into la la land of being stupid. This because, kind of like, I'll never win this argument. Like, I, I have tweeted before that, like, I have lost every single argument I've ever had on Twitter. And, like, I, like that'll always <laughs> be the case. You'll always beat me. If you want to argue with me on Twitter, you will kick my ass. I will never beat you in an argument on Twitter. The, the thing you mentioned there, really, uh, there's some stuff that we've learned in the three years. That, I guess it's actually it's close to four now that we've done this podcast. And one of the things that shocked me the most was... I think you said where, you know, like there are, you got to get into discords and the DMs. Like, I, I knew that that existed, but like, I, I, everybody had heard of like the journal list and stuff like that. You know, Iglesias, Matt Iglesias is part of that. And like people who worked at the New York Times, they had these mailing lists where they would, you know, basically give people their talking points and like they would coordinate. What shocked me was how pervasive that was. Not amongst like people who work for the New York Times, but people that you would expect are like you know lower level take artists. They might not even work for like a news outlet. They might just be like people who pur- purveyor of hot takes, but they do that too. So like a lot of times, like you'll see you'll if you see stuff that pop up like that and it's getting uh, amplified or whatever. Sometimes that's artificial, even if they're not big enough to be worth it does that make sense is this am i being too vague to to articulate my meaning yeah people talk about this this is this is why there's always like the take of the the if you ever find people's dumbest stuff it's because it's like a they're like the fifth person that got tagged in to make a subtweet about something and so they just get real like this is what's so fucking fake about all of it it's so fake it's so fake I mean, there's an organic version of this. Like the three of us, we have a we have our own. It's technically a group chat. It's just the three of us, these three guys here right now on the mic, and like we'll show stuff to each other. Like, isn't this funny or guy? This is how I feel about this and whatever. And then you know, we'll the three of us will start posting stuff. Like that's organic. That happens with everybody. If you have like a, a, a subgroup, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people saying explicitly, "Here, please, I'm posting this. I need you to. I need everybody in here to to." chain letter forward this for me and then i'll do it for you boost my sub stack like etc yeah yeah well i mean i don't know if you're if just like straight up like here i've started a new podcast boost that like that's i don't know that's Ooh. normal what riposte has got the best one the gas stove the gas stove yeah edgy podcast okay, yeah level. that that's a much better example that's yeah, a great point. example because like there was one guy who taught like that you got to give it to him that autistic matt brunig guy Cause he was he was going buck wild about these things like three years ago when it just it was hilarious. Uh, he was ahead of the curve. But if you ain't him, I don't want to hear anything about gas stoves from your dumb ass. Because yeah, you just you fell off the turnip truck yesterday. That's yeah. a great point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Riposte. <laughs> Speaking of big titties. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um. Oh man. All right. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We done. I think so. You got anything yeah. for Yeah. Nah, that's it for me. I'm good. All right, guys. Thanks for coming out. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, guys. Traffic and weather coming at the top of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Making their way.